0: Welcome all to Learning You, an SNHU support podcast. I'm your host, academic coach, Kayla Guzel, and this is a show for learners. Now more than ever, people are learning online and Southern New Hampshire University is leading the way. We empower all learners, working adults, military families, refugees, and everyone in between, because we believe knowledge is power and access to education can change the world. Academic support is a dedicated team employed by SNHU, and we help students succeed. We've got our finger on the pulse of this institution because we talk to learners like you every day. More than basic proofreading or math help, our peer tutors and academic coaches listen to students' unique needs and help them with transferable life skills, in addition to their schoolwork. We build resources that help students teach themselves. And now we have this show, dedicated to what our learners are going through. Anxious about math, terrified of writing, struggling with time management, or the work-life-school balance? We're here to help you through. Today's topic is critical thinking and problem solving for students. Critical thinking is a major buzz phrase these days, but what does it mean? I have a special guest here today to help define it and make it work for you. To unpack this point by point, please welcome today's guest, peer tutor Sammy Fraser. Greetings, Sammy. Thanks so much for joining me.
1: Hello, thank you so much for having me. I'm super excited.
0: She's always super excited, and I'm super excited because she's super excited. It's infectious. Okay, so would you want to tell your listeners a little bit about yourself? Um, How long have you been with academic support and the kinds of areas you support, your concentrations?
1: Yeah, definitely. So I've been with the SNHU academic support team, I want to say, for about, like, six months now, half a nice. year. Um, okay. Yeah, so I con- my areas of concentration focus on the business side of okay. things. So things like economics, accounting, finance, all that fun business stuff.
0: Very fun. You're definitely our first business person to have on the podcast so far, so we really appreciate your expertise for today's topic. Oh, thank you. Because maybe we can uh, dip our toes into the business lens part of critical thinking and problem solving as well as the academic one. So speaking of business things,
1: Mm
0: -hmm. Um. Can you quickly define for our, our listeners what a soft skill is? Because critical thinking is considered a soft skill. Um, how do you define that through a business lens?
1: Yeah, definitely. Um, so I like to um, kind of start with hard skills and then go into soft skills. That's Yeah, how let's I do a
0: compare and contrast. I love of, it.
1: <laughs> yeah. So hard skills are um, those skills that you typically think of as like more math-based, um, so like drawing graphs, um, interpreting that data. Um, so I tend to think of it on like the math side of like hard Mm -hmm. skills, but then you have the soft skills, um, that involve like communication, writing, um, like getting point A to point B kind Mm of. Sure. Cool.
0: So when, uh, when a student is looking to increase their hard skills, they would think more of like maybe like left brain things, per se, yeah. or, or rational mind as where a soft skill is more social, right brain, maybe creative, maybe something as simple as communicating and writing clearly. Great. Love that.
1: Thank you for S- interpreting that for me. <laughs> sure.
0: That's that's actually a soft skill called uh, parroting back what people say to you. Oh, that's so cool. I'm good at that. Um, I'm not. It's something I'm working on. So you are a peer tutor. And I want to also just, I think I got away from myself. But um, what is a peer tutor's role? So what do you do um, as an employee here with us at Academic Support? Yes.
1: Yeah, that got me super excited as well. Um, so a peer tutor's role, um, we're here to help students with um, various skills, both the hard skills and the soft skills of being a learner. Um, so as part of my role, I'm in our live chat service, where I get to help students and answer quick questions, um, give like an intro to academic support, um, empower them to access our other resources, and then I also host one-on-one sessions where I'm able to kind of talk directly to students um, on specific questions.
0: That's actually going to be our featured service for for this episode, so we'll talk a little bit more about what a one-on session is like um, when we get to, it's kind of like my little canned advertisement that I like to do, Um, focus on a focus on a service that we have and listeners. If you're interested in our other academic support services, I'll be linking a chart with what each service has in our show notes today. All right. So let's get down to sort of the, the nitty gritty of the episode. Um, I want to approach things a little bit differently than I have before and and make it maybe a little more linear than listeners might be used to if they listen to the first two episodes. Um, My first two episodes featured all writing coaches, so it was a lot more ethereal and right-brained and and loosey-goose. But I think for the sake of a a skill like critical thinking, which is an umbrella under which many more skills live... um, I wanted to kind of move through it with sort of the the smaller facets of critical thinking and uh, prompt you with some questions about each one. Does that sound okay?
1: Yeah, that sounds perfect.
0: Okay. And listeners, don't be afraid, we're still going to look at it mostly through the academic lens. This is a show for learners, so we want you to feel like you can leave this episode with um, some methods and some insights on how you learn and and think um, in that vein. But since we have our beautiful businesswoman here with us today, it's also important to um, touch upon why critical thinking is so important to employers and why it is something that's really valuable once you get thinking about your career or advancing in your current career. Career. Okay. So as a critical thinker, it's important to be objective. So the buzzword for this section is objectivity. That means analyzing a problem without allowing personal bias, emotions, or assumptions to influence how you think about it. Those who think critically should analyze a problem based on context and facts, we're being very left-brained here, Um, impartial research and whatnot. I'm not a very impartial person, I'm very emotional, Um, so why do you think that critical thinking and objectivity uh, is important for college students, Sammy?
1: Yeah, definitely, so I believe that like critical thinking in general is important for college students. Um, Because I feel like you're going through um, an education and you're making very important choices both inside and outside the classroom to help prepare you for your further career and your journey um, in whole. So critically thinking about um, the work that you're doing both inside and outside the classroom um, helps you make those connections to the real world. I love that.
0: Um, So when you say connections, you mean like when you're doing an assignment, for instance, you can see why it matters to your future or your current career.
1: Yes, exactly. I know um, one of my favorite things um, that I've been able to have the opportunity to study at SNHU is marketing. And I love looking at the different marketing strategies that we're learning in the classroom and connecting them to real world examples.
0: Cool. I love that. Um, And I I do think that our, and you can correct me if you think I'm wrong, uh, Samantha, (laughs) um, but I think that this particular university is really good at at that, making that connection um, and making it more obvious to students maybe than they might be used to in some more traditional classroom formats. Of course, you and I both work for Global Campus, which is the school that's all online. Um, So we do kind of have to, I think hone in on how we present material and make sure it's really clear to students um, why they're doing what they're doing, that there's really no extra fluffy work happening. Do you want to give us an example of what a curious question might sound like? Like let's say if a student wanted to practice coaching or tutoring himself, what's a curious question that you ask a lot?
1: Good question. Um, So I believe curious questions are more of the open-ended questions that mm-hmm. we ask students. So, um, a curious question might simply be, "Okay, how do you approach this problem?" Mm-hmm. Um, and then so they might. So,
0: what's like what's a first step or something if they feel like they they don't know where to start?
1: Yeah. Cool.
0: Nice. Love that. Mm-hmm. And in the in the same vein of of the circumstance you were talking about before with uh the economics student um I think a really similar one is the last time you were stuck how did you get out because <laughs> I think um students learners people human beings goldfish we all kind of you know get caught in a corner from time to time and we f- we forget like I was in something like this before, um, and believing in your own ability to wriggle free. Um, sometimes it's, it's helpful to have a sounding board, like a peer tutor or coach, to remind you of that. We sometimes, we do sometimes talk to learners who are, are really emotional and, and totally flooded. Um, and I, I want our listeners to understand that that's really normal. It happens to mm-hmm. everybody no matter what the challenge is at hand, um, especially if, and I try to touch, I want to try to touch upon the emotional part of of learning here just for a second, because we're talking about thinking, but um, if you have a ton of emotions all over you, it's it's hard to think. (laughs) So um, I want to normalize that for you listeners and say that I'm an inc- incredibly emotional person. Sammy's a Pisces. Um, we have a lot of feelings, but we are also through this work, I think, especially really able to help ourselves ask those questions and, and get through that wall of schmish motion, as I call it. Um, And that's part of why these services are so great, because we're used to anxiety, we're used to overwhelm, we're used to um, helping students sort of deregulate, de-escalate the extreme feelings so they can just kind of get to the next step. And I think solving one task, even if it's a really easy one, like, what's your first step? Outlining Uh, Outlining the paper, checking the prompt, understanding a rubric, looking at an assignment, reviewing your instructor's announcements, whatever it is. You choose to do something, you stop doing nothing. It kind of gets you out of your head, I think, too. That and walking away. A brisk... Brisk jog. Bodies were were meant to move. I'd like to pause here for my quick commercial, which is a commercial about our featured service of the day, the pre-scheduled one-on-one session. So, like I said, the academic support services chart will be available in this it show's notes, but just a quick rundown. Pre-scheduled one-on-one sessions are only available with academic support, peer tutors, and coaches. A peer tutor is a student, who's really, really good at being a student and interested in helping other students or learners. Um, and the one-on-ones are 45-minute meeting with one of our coaches or tutors. A coach is not a student. A coach is a – we're all teachers, basically, um, except we don't grade you, so it's f- – more fun, um, which you pre-schedule at a time that works for you. See a coach for skills-based coaching in either STEM, writing, or business. Seek a peer tutor for more content-specific help, such as stats in Excel or understanding your English 122 final project, for example. Maybe working on your SMART goals, which uh, Sammy helped me make a resource for, and we discussed in a previous episode. Now let's look at some methods, because I know that um, learners everywhere are interested in having practical methods that they can use. Um, And since we're talking about critical thinking, we're going to get back into those sub-skills of critical thinking. So objectivity is one. Um, Another one coming up here is observation. So how does observation come into play when you are tutoring or or how would you define it as a a subskill of critical thinking or both? I don't know. Just ramble on. I'm here.
1: So observation, Um, I feel like comes a lot up a lot, um, especially in problem solving and critical thinking. Um, I like to break it up into a couple different steps when working on a problem. Um, So, for example, um, I'll start first um, by asking myself or, you know, my learner that I have with me, um, okay, let's try to figure out what is the problem asking? Um, Because looking at what that problem is asking sometimes helps, like, narrow it down. So that way, Mm -hmm. instead of looking at, all the different possibilities and equations that there are in the world, you're narrowing down your focus to just what is the question asking? And then from there, um, looking at, okay, so I know what the problem is. Then I'll look at, okay, so now that I know what the problem is, what are what is the information in the problem and how can I use that to answer the question? Um, So it's looking at, observation comes up a lot, um, looking at different problems and taking out kind of those bits and pieces that are going to be helpful for solving it.
0: So some other methods for observation are practicing mindfulness techniques, which we talked uh, in very great detail about in episode one of this podcast, journaling, so observing your own thoughts and feelings, getting them outside of you and, and reading them and looking at them, observing them objectively, if you will, lots of obs. and actively listening during and outside of work or uh, schooling academic situations to thoroughly examine what you're hearing or seeing. Um, and we'll talk a little bit more about how inference comes into that later on. Um, what of analysis? So how do you define analysis in a digestible way? Because that's kind of like a big, scary word. I can give yeah. you a couple of examples of, of the way that I think about it, because mm-hmm. I'm interested to see if everyone thinks about it the way I do, which is probably not true. Um, so when I'm defining analysis for a learner, um, there are a lot of different words that mean analysis in um In in an assignment prompt, for example. And some of the ways that we analyze are by categorizing things. So let's say I want to analyze three different kinds of movie. And I have to choose like categories of of movies and and analyze them by category. I can analyze things by comparing two things. So I want to buy... A car, I'm choosing between two different cars. I would analyze each part or each facet of those two like things. Um, Another form of analysis is literary analysis. So I talk about that one a lot as a writing coach. Um, Breaking down a written work by its parts to redefine what the meaning in it is. So if I'm talking about, say, the poem The Snowman by Wallace Stevens, family favorite. Um, I always come up with that one, by the way, because I made an analysis video about it, and it's the first poem I ever learned how to recite without a piece of paper in college 10 years ago. So, um, So if I wanted to analyze the snowman, I might look at the parts of how Wallace Stevens uses like rhyme or how he uses images or the different ways he talks about cold or ice. And then I'm analyzing the parts to make sense of the whole. Does that make sense?
1: Amazing. Yes. Okay. I love that. And you went through um, a bunch of different techniques um, and different examples of analysis, which was fantastic. Uh, I love those examples. Thank you um, so much. But yeah, a lot of um, what I heard in the conversation is that um, essentially you're taking a bunch of information and then um, bringing it in to serve a purpose. So. Oh, I like that too. Yeah. Thanks. Yeah. Meaning
0: purpose. <laughs> yeah. She was taking diligent notes, folks. I know you can't see her, but I can. Mm-hmm. She's taking diligent notes while I was accidentally coaching her.
1: Um, It happens. Yeah, Um, speaking of analysis, one way um, that, like, makes sense for me when analyzing information is I tend to write things down because uh it helps me process the information. So, like, essentially note-taking. So that can be, like, another way of analysis is writing things down and then looking at all the parts and having it focus on a point.
0: Sure. And the way that you write doesn't have to be linear, uh, my sweet listeners. So if you don't like to write in the form of a list or like one of my students who has carpal tunnel, he doesn't like to write by hand at all. It hurts him. Um, so he'll take vo- voice notes on his phone and look back at them that way. If you, uh, a former writing coach of ours, um, Beth used to, she was an artist, so she used to like doodle during meetings and everything was like visual to her. Um, So there are are tons of ways to lay out information so that you can analyze it. I think that's what we're talking about, methods of keeping track of what you do want to analyze. And to think critically, in order to think critically, you do have to have that information that you want to analyze, whether it's a writing assignment prompt or... An argument with your spouse—I love analyzing those. Or <laughs> um, now I'm all off track because I—I mentioned him. No. Um, <laughs> or you want to analyze your schedule and and uh, answer the question: Why am I so gosh darn tired all the time? <laughs> so um, analyze the situation. You know, uh, there's there's lots of ways to think critically about. Where you're at in, in life, whether it's in the realm of an assignment or a relationship or your schedule, you know?
1: Yeah. That's, what I,
0: that's what I think is important for the, the folks to know.
1: Yeah, 100%. And also, like, um, further expanding on, um, like, bringing it into the workplace. A lot of the times you can bring in industry standards into your analysis. Um, and looking at what other companies are doing and also bringing that in as, like, an example to help prove something that you are talking about, either, like, in a paper or thinking critically.
0: Cool. Can you go a little deeper into that? Like, uh, what's an industry sp- and and standards you might compare across two companies?
1: Yeah, definitely. Um, so... I like to think a lot about um, like event planning. That's something that I was very involved with um, as an undergrad student um, and in event planning, there are, very, there are different methods you can go about planning an event. And part of it is finding what works best for you and what works best um, for your team. So for example, one school might use one method, say, Um, They have, like, a chart, and then they plan based on, like, that chart. Um, For example, they might start with a location and then go into timing. But another school might start, say, with um, the time of the day and then go into what would best uh, fit for that location. So it's about looking at, I guess, a bunch of different information and narrowing it down to what works best for you and your particular clientele. So we have
0: two two things left. One is communication, one is problem solving. Sometimes communication starts problems. A former example of mine was analyzing an argument with your spouse. Um, So good communication, that is is like the soft skill, I think, that um, anybody who's ever looked for a job might see, um, someone is a a team player, a good communicator. They have excellent, um, verbal and written communication skills or or what have you. Um, so what are some ways of communicating, um, that help you in challenging situations either in life or, or in your work?
1: Yeah, good question. So I feel like also that's like my go-to good question, A plus, (laughs) um, but I feel really encouraged
0: by you. It's like you're a peer tutor.
1: Well, imagine that. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yes. So um, some ways of communicating is I like to make people feel heard. Like if someone comes to me with a concern, um, I want them to know that I am taking what they say seriously and I am 100% invested in this conversation that I am having with them. So I will use some, like, specific terms, like, I hear you're saying X, Y, Z and kind of paraphrase um, in my own words, so that way they know that I am listening and taking in that information before making um, a suggestion or moving on from the topic.
0: Great. I think I don't remember if we were recording yet or not, but we t- we talked about parroting back what people say as a good yeah. communication skill, showing that you're listening. Um has so just to just to push this envelope a little bit. Yeah. Can you can you think of a challenging situation where your good communication skills helped to make the situation less challenging?
1: So this is something I learned um, in school. I guess one of the soft skills that wasn't inherently taught um, in class, but Mm -hmm. it's just something you learn, I guess, from being a learner and being Mm -hmm. in um, a bunch of different classes is um, about group meetings. Um, Mm -hmm. So sometimes when you're in a group meeting and you're working together as a group, you want to make sure everyone's on the same page, um, especially after you leave a meeting because there are times where, you know, you could go to a meeting um, and then feel like, oh, my gosh, I don't remember anything we talked about in this. Um, that's why I write notes. That's why
0: we're recording today.
1: Yes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but in um, the workplace, Ooh, actually, I'm backing up a little bit because I skipped ahead in my own story. <laughs> okay.
0: That's fine. I do that all the time.
1: Um. So... I learned from working on so many group projects, um, that after you, um, go into a meeting, um, that it's a good idea to jot some things down and send, um, an email afterwards. So that way it's kind of a summary. So everyone knows, um, what parts they're working on, slash, what was went over. Um, Mm -hmm. and so in the work, in another workplace that I've been a part of, um, I was chatting with my boss and wanted to make sure that um, the information from our meeting um, was like, we were both on the same page leaving the meeting. So I just sent an email kind of summarizing uh, what we talked about. And then, um, so that way we could both refer to it later on. So it's there in paper slash yes. email. Yeah, virtual, I love that. Virtual paper.
0: Virtual paper, <laughs> yes. We love that here at Global Campus, virtual paper. So um, that, yeah. yeah, the summation, summing up. It's I think it's a, it's very similar to re- summarizing what someone said to you. Um, you're in a group situation, you're working on a project, whether, whether it be school or work, and you want to make sure everyone knows what their action points are, what they're going to do next, mm-hmm. um, what you took away from the meeting or the conversation, Um, that's all great stuff. Good example. Thanks. Because we all have that one guy in the group that doesn't do anything. So if you say, all right, Jimmy, (laughs) that's my dad's name. All right, Jimmy, you're going to do XYZ because you said you would. now it's on email, so it's (laughs) real.
1: And I always like to leave the little um, at the end, like, oh, please let me know if there's anything else. Um, that could be added or that we talked about. So that way it opens up for more communication. Say if something was wrong earlier in the email, Mm -hmm. hopefully everything was right. But just in case, to just Mm -hmm. keep that conversation going to make sure that um, we're all working towards the same goal.
0: I love that. That's beautiful. Communication people, try it. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> and finally, at long last, we have problem solving. So problem solving at work, problem solving at school. Um, and I have a little definition here. This is actually from Indeed, an article on Indeed.com, which is obviously going to be through the career lens. Um but this is this uh, recommends having an understanding of industry-specific information, which sounds like something you said before. Uh, to problem solve, it can be helpful to use observation, how of how others around you solve problems. Interesting. Um, have you ever asked the curious question? I'm asking a question within a question. It's a meta question. It's a meta inquiry big words. Um, (laughs) Have you ever asked the curious question, how would someone you admire solve this problem?
1: So I have not, but I would love to now actually ask that question. Or like think
0: about it for yourself. Yeah. Mm
1: -hmm.
0: Now I'm going to like lose myself in deep thought here at the end, but Um, that's one that we, we used to have a math coach um, named Aaron. And she would, she liked to ask that one. She's like, I know you're overwhelmed, but like, how would someone that you love and admire move forward from a situation like this? Which is like, I think going a little, a little deep. Maybe it's more mm-hmm. of something you asked with a student you have a relationship with, but not a newbie might be too much too soon. Um, but I like that idea. Um, is there is there a time uh, where you solved a problem by observing others?
1: So I'm also um, heavily involved in the theatrical space. Um, Ooh, I
0: didn't know that about
1: you. Yes. Um, theater! <laughs> a lot of, um, one of the most important skills um, I learned from theater in my experience um as both an actor and the director is learning how to, um, give and take feedback. Um, and when I'm giving feedback, um, in like the theatrical sphere, um, you're looking at what the actors are doing on stage and, um, kind of looking at the subtext and the emotions, how they're interpreting the script, um, based on the whole of the play. So you're kind of using observation as a way to fuel um, that feedback to help um, the whole process forward. So our
0: um, featured asynchronous resource, which is a resource you can pick up and use to self-teach yourself something, um, is called the Asking Questions to Get Unstuck Interactive. This is available in this episode show notes, a direct link to it, and it's also available behind the Academic Support Module under Looking for a Resource, which is at the bottom of our uh, very first landing page titled Get Help with Your Schoolwork. This is an inquiry exercise to help you understand, guess what, feedback that you are given by an instructor. However, you can use it to interpret anything that is even vaguely confusing. It involves asking yourself questions so that you can think critically about the information you're trying to interpret. Um, very proud of this one. It is lovely, it's colorful, um, and it's a great exercise that I use with my ESL students. So if there are any um, students out there who are learning English alongside their content, this is great for you as well. It can help you to find unfamiliar words, which sometimes feedback can have. All right, I want to thank my guest Sammy before I blab us out. So thank you <laughs> Sammy so much for coming on. It was a great conversation um, and thank you for being our first business gal. Our youngest, uh, our youngest guest and um, so far our, our newest academic support guest. I can see that you already know a lot about your craft, even though it's only been six months. So thank you so much, my dear. Oh,
1: thank you. It's always lovely chatting with you.
0: Critical thinking is not one thing, but there are many skills under the critical thinking umbrella. To think critically means to be objective to be observant, to solve problems, to communicate well, etc. Critical thinking is a muscle you can exercise, it's a skill you can practice, and no one is is born inherently good or bad at it, so you can't do it wrong, you can't be late to the critical thinking party, you can do this too. Critical thinking is essential for school, work, and your personal life. And our featured resource one-on-one sessions can help you practice these soft skills. So try them if you are already joining us here at SNHU. That's it for today. I'd like to close this episode with with an excerpt from the Academic Support's mission. We empower each learner to follow their unique curiosity. So get curious and explore Academic Support's offerings. Existing students can find Academic Support right under Modules in your courses. If you're not learning with SNHU yet, Think about it, you'll have the best support system in higher ed behind you. Visit snhu.edu to learn more. This has been Learning You with Coach Kayleigh Guzelle, and from all of us at Academic Support, thank you for tuning in. We hope to work with you soon.